One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. isn't that beautiful good morning good afternoon good evening good night once again whenever you might be listening to this you could be tucked up in bed nice and cozy try to get something to put you to sleep and you have the dulcet scottish tones of me and my partner in crime aaron aaron hello hello mate hello i am you know the january transfer window wasn't wasn't what we expected it to be it was quite a quiet one but in terms of um, business transfers, I think this is this is the busiest one, right? The biggest one. Um, happy to be here and can't wait to pick it back up off the ground and, and make the National League the best podcast we can do, yeah. It's like to be make, na- make National League great again. We should, yes. just make, have, we should have red hats that Trump had and just have make National League great again. Just right <laughs> over the top. I think that's one for the new merch line for us. But yeah, I am a few folk will... We'll see that or and hear that this is a little bit different for us. Um, we are fully under lower league look. Little bit of change, new intro, new overlays on YouTube, new logo in the bottom right hand corner. And do you know what? I'm back. I was I've not been here for a couple of weeks. It's good to be it's good yes. to be back in the studio. And it's just, nice to have the little less responsibility of um using my spastic charm to carry the show for the last two weeks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's nice to uh, be the co host this week instead of the main host. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, you you certainly <laughs> over the last couple of weeks as the as the main host. I'm <clears throat> cheers for that. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're straight into it. I am um, wow, we're gonna have to censor this one straight away. But I mean, do you know what? It's been a funny old week of football, hasn't it? Again, you, know, you mentioned the trans, you mentioned the transfer window. I think it's important for us to to kind of put out straight away that the National League doesn't yes. really have a transfer window. Like the January transfer window in the Football League was, it was a little bit underwhelming. I thought. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. what happens is like, and we noticed it when we were doing the live stream, it, like. All the clubs stay quiet, and it's like at ten o'clock they panic and they're like, "Shit, we've got one hour left. Let's explode." Yeah, they just seem to go for it at ten o'clock, or they just seem or deliberately leave announcements until ten o'clock. We seen Swindon do it; they announced like three, yeah, at ten o'clock at night. First one, obviously, being Harry McCarty. I mean, the 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 one thing that I can relate back to the National League for us in the January transfer window is we had two outgoings on deadline day. One of them was Joe Nuttall, who, listen, unprofes- professional, unprofessional, so I'm going to say it. I wish Joe nothing but the best, but in my opinion, he's up there with one of the worst strikers I've seen at Latics in a long, long time. And somehow he's managed to get his agent to give him a League One move, and you've got to respect it. But I put a tweet out, and I stand by the tweet. 
if his agent can get him a League One move, I want to speak to the same agent and see whether he can get me walking because he can perform miracles, let me tell you. You also you also used lost someone to air as well, didn't you? Yeah, Kurt Willoughby. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, look, Kurt came with a big represent rep, rep, uh, Kurt came with a big representation um from the uh National League North last year with Chester. Uh, you know, banging goals in for fun and, and whatever. But like we've said in previous podcasts, I think this year of all years, you can actually see a sizable difference in, in quality between the teams that have come up and the, the National League teams. You know, you're seeing it with your your Oxfords. You're seeing it with, like, people like that. It, the, there is a goal in quality, and I think he's just struggled a little bit with the step up. But there is a, a player in there in, in the Scottish League. And like you said to me on WhatsApp, maybe the the transfer to the Scottish League for a season could be what he needs to restart his career because there's definitely yeah. a player in there. He's just lacking in a lot of confidence at the minute. Sometimes it's exactly what you need. You, see, you look at the likes of Tommy Adeloy, who also went up to air, and he had a great season there, and he, he got another move back to he got moved back to Swindon after that, I think. But he's, he didn't really. Fe- he's not featured too much at them. Um, and then you have a look at your. Big Depot, he was phenomenal at air as well, weirdly enough. And then he's got his move to York and he's having all right. He's having a good season with York, despite York having a, a fairly poor season this season for the investment that they've made in the club. I think I think the thing was for Latics is because we there was a lot of supporters quite rightly. Obviously, we're happy that we were spending money, but then on the flip side of it, there was a lot of us that were a little bit worried that maybe the wage bill was expanding, you know, that could have a knock-on effect for next season or whatever. So, like, it was important for us to get some bodies out and, like, we had more strikers before the before deadline day than I've had operations. And had so many strikers. I say you know, good luck that. How are you yeah. going to keep all of these strikers happy? Like, I still can't see. You're still getting an inflated front line. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, yeah. It's, it's, I will, uh, we'll get into it later on, but I, I can't believe that was the same. We'll get into it later. It's going to be interesting because despite that striking prowess that you have, yeah, we'll talk about that game for about, maybe about a minute when we get to <laughs> it. I think your other, your other exit was, was an interesting one for me personally, Brennan Dickinson. Yeah, yeah. And like I said to you, what, Brennan is a fantastic footballer with our probably one of the strongest left pegs I've ever seen. But also, we have to take into account he he probably has weaker joints than me at the minute. Like, he, he obviously had the big injury at Mansfield. I think it was an ACL or something like that. And he so we knew signing him could have been a risk. And I remember he, his debut was uh, the 5-1 win uh, earlier this season against Aldershot at home, and he scored two absolute like corking goals and you're thinking we've got a player on us here and then in that period he, he literally only started six games I think because he was in, he was injured all the time so I said to you I said if you can get him fit and get him firing you've got a great player on your hands but it's just whether yeah. he can keep fit I just try to keep him fit really what it is and I suppose it's why you find a lot of players of their ability <clears throat> still playing in the National League because they pick up injuries either quite easily. It's what we tend to get. But I think kind of moving on from the transfer window side of things, side of things, there's a lot of League Two teams now, League One teams that have got overinflated squads. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see coming into March. I think that's when the that's when our transfer window officially closes. You'll probably the registration see a, window, isn't it? Yeah, it's the registration window. You'll see a few. I think we'll see clubs making a few loan signings coming in or picking up players that are no longer needed on maybe a little bit of a cheaper deal now that the transfer window's closed in the EFL and maybe picking them up on one-year deals. So still a lot of business to be done in the National League and, and a, a lot can change. Now, that's moving me really well in the first game that I really want to talk about today. And it's been a, a not a recent change, but I've not really spoke about it on here yet. And that is the form and the managerial change over the last couple of weeks to Kidderminster Harriers. Now, mm. Phil Brown has came in to a level where I think he is more than capable of managing that. 
I was really dubious when he came in at Barrow the other season. And I was like, this isn't going to go well for Barrow. He's going to take Barrow down. But he left Barrow in a phenomenal position. And we can see what Pete Wilde's now done with Barrow. I mean, they're a team that have been knocking on the door for the, of the playoffs. What do you make of, one, what the appointment was at the time when Phil Brown came in? And two, what he's done since he's come in? Because Kidderminster now have went unbeaten in four in the league. In fact, they've won four on the bounce in the league. Well, I, I'm going to be a man here, and you'll remember in previous um, podcast episodes when we first discussed this, I called Phil Brown as one of the EFL dinosaurs. I still stand by that statement in terms of you get your, your odd managers that will come and, and do the rounds, you know, like your John Sheridan's, your Neil Warnock's, your Phil Brown's, that you know are always going to have a job. And that's what I meant with that. But look... I, I was I was a bit worried for Kidney when when he appointed because I I thought obviously the experience was there but I didn't know whether his tactics were a little bit outdated and whether he struggled but look it's been completely the opposite I think you're seeing the positive influence of experience right there you know you've got a man that's been there and done it at like pretty much every level hasn't he you know in in England and and you're seeing it now and, and like it just seems to have. He seems to have stripped Kiddy back to the basics of being hard to beat, but also having a, a really sort of potent goal threat now, and and they're reaping the rewards. And look, two, four, three, four weeks ago, if you would have said to me, "Oh, Kidman Starry has got a chance of staying up," I, I probably would have edged to saying no. But right yeah. now, as things stand, I think I think they have got a very, very decent chance, and I think that is all down to Phil Brown and his players. So you, maybe he's making me a bit of humble pie, and I have to. Um, take back some of my words. I mean, the thing is, you look at the results as well that they've had. They, they are, they've came from 2-0 behind twice in the last four games. So the first one was against Aldershot. Aldershot were 2-0 up, and then Kidderminster beat them 4-2. Then they had a game against Hartlepool. Complete wrong time for, for Hartlepool, that game. And that was the game that ultimately cost John Askey's job. They beat us 1-0. Um, was it 1-0? Yeah. yeah, they beat no, us 1-0. It, it, it was the Oldham game that cost him his job, weren't it? Oh, yeah, it was. Like, it was. It was. Because yeah. we, we beat... Sorry, I was getting it the wrong way around. We beat Kidderminster. I believe and then it was. You lost, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm just yeah. letting everyone know that you, you lost the double tours over Christmas, if you remember yeah, that. Then. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to forget <laughs> about that. I'm trying to forget about that. But yeah, it was it was a loss to you. So I stand corrected. Apologies. I yeah. So they beat us one 0 Our fans were furious at that. Then they beat Dagenham one 0 and then just recently in a, a six pointer, they went two 0 down to Oxford City, and they beat them three two. So they're a team that no longer just lays down. When they go behind, just like you said, they, they seem to have fight. They seem to have desire, and it, it's but definitely then, looking up for them. They've got there's there's they've closed the gap to come out of the relegation spots now, and they've yeah. really pulled your see your teams like they've really pulled things like failed Dorking all mm -hmm. the way up to twelfth place in this league. I believe can still get relegated. I like how you cut off at 12 because Hartley people are conveniently 11th. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said this to Leo every every game last season. I was like, nah, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. <laughs> While we were still in the bottom two, but I, I, I genuinely think we'll be fine. Yeah. I, I am not looking down in this league as a Hartlepool fan. I am, but more on that will come to light. When we discuss the, the heart of I, I, I think, like, like you just said, though, like I said, the thing is with Phil Brown is he might not play the, you know, the, the sexiest Vava Boom football, but you know, mm. with them type of managers, the fundamentals are going to be there. You know, you work harder than everyone else, you run yep. harder than everyone else, you battle for every ball. You, you know, you, you, if you, if you've not got the quality of the opponents, you at least let the opponents know that they've been in a, a war by the end of the game. And I think that's what you're seeing with the kiddie mentality at the minute. And look, it's serving them well. You see, as a fan, right, that's all you want to see. 
when I when I go to a game, I just want to see desire. I want to see a fight. I want to see passion. Like, fair enough. You see, if we go to a game, if we lose 2-1, if we lose 1-0, as long as they've tried and gave 100% for the full match, I'll be like, yeah, great. You see, if a team's just half-arsed it, no. But this is, this is what Kidderminster have got back. They've really pulled themselves in. And if they keep up the form that they're doing, there's no way that Kidderminster Harriers are going to go down. No. What do you think's going to happen? What do you think's happening in the relegation side of things? Like you said, it's so hard. A, it's so hard to call. I think there's a lot of teams that can be pulled into it. And I've got to be honest. I'm, so I'm looking at the form right now, and the the two bits of form that are really sticking out to me for people in danger at the minute, you would have to probably say are. Uh, um, so I think. Uh, Dagenham's form isn't brilliant, and they've—I know they've got some some tough games coming up. It, but like you say, even even somebody like Eastley on thirty-eight points, but if you're going off their form, they're in tragic form. It's wide open, isn't it? It's really wide open, and yeah, I, th- I, I think like we always say with the playoff places, there's going to be one team this year that'll kind of get dragged into it from yep. nowhere with with like two, three, three weeks to go. You know, somewhere someone that we probably think. Are out of it as such, and then and then they'll just go on a, a run of like three games back to back, four games back to back. They lose, and then the slap bang right in there. And then will they have time to get out? I don't know. But if you're asking me to name a team that I think that will be right now, I, I think it's too tight to call it. And I don't like sitting on the fence because I don't like splinters in my ass. But like I am, um, I, I don't want to call it yet. <laughs> it's it's so hard. I even I think it's it's too tough to call of who's going to who could. Drop into. I mean, I think Oxford City for me are, are nailed on. I yes. can't see Oxford City surviving this season at all. I think Woking will still go down as well. I think the bottom two will go. The, the others, Ebbsfleet and Kidderminster. Yeah, but then you say that Woking have got two games in hand on both Kidderminster and Ebbsfleet. Yeah. They could, they could easily turn that round. But yeah, Oxford City for me are, are nailed on. I feel everyone else. The thing is, I feel like, I feel like uh, Fylde will have enough about them to st- stay up uh, because if you look at their form, it's been pretty much immaculate over the last five games. There's, there's still big question marks over me, over York, because I think I, I'm a bit worried for York and I've said it from the start of the season, you know, you, you, you got... You got this money, you got this takeover, you got these, you know, all these players, um, and it's just not working. And and you wonder whether sometimes you can kind of take too much of a risk with uh, with a football club. And I, I wonder whether that sort is sort of what we're seeing transpire right now. But like you say, it's anyone's game at the minute. It would be interesting to see if York went down. I don't want York to go down, but yeah. I get what you mean. It's have they done too much? But yeah, it would be a really interesting one to see. By the way, while I was on the the point of, of signing, and I, I'm kind of going back to this and on the relegation battle side of things, the National League signing of the window. Slash deadline day. Um, Freeman. Nope. No. The return of, for me, one Tushmanga. of the best strikers in the National League. Cabby Tushmanga. Yeah. How could I have forgotten to say that? It's when I was Although, on the league table and I was like, mm, Borum Woods. Oh, I, I said, I said this. I said this on deadline day, and this is one of Aaron's strong opinions that we love. I feel like there's a reason. Obviously, I know he's had injuries, but there's a reason his career's nosedived a little bit. And you know, he, he might get like 15 goals, whatever he's going to get. But I don't think he's the same player. I think that's fairly obvious. And I don't know whether, like, don't get me wrong, it's an incredible signing. But I feel like everyone's kind of like blowing it up to be like this mad, mad thing. And I, I just, I, I don't see it yet myself. I might be wrong, but. I think 
I think it's an, another case of some a player that went somewhere quite rightly for a, a, an EFL chance, but that brought a lot of pressure. Brought yeah. like, you know a couple of because didn't he got loaned? Did he get loaned? He got loaned somewhere before, didn't he? And it didn't work out um, from posh originally when they signed him. I can't remember who it was, but it didn't work out at all. And I, I just look. He's probably gonna. He's probably gonna rip it up because he was a monster at this. Level, there's no denying that. But oh, he was I don't... unbelievable. So he was, so obviously he was at Chesterfield and then he moved to Peterborough and then it was Fleetwood that he went to and he made 14 appearances for Fleetwood and didn't score. He's, yeah. He, he's not scored in the EFL. So, Despite the seasons before, he's just scored a bucket load. Sometimes you can get them players that are just like, Phenomenal national, uh, phenomenal non-league national league players, and just not quite good enough for um, that step up, and that's all right, isn't it? I guess that, that that's all right. fine. I mean, it surprised me. Like one one of the ones that always sticks out to me, and not just because he he played for Oldham, but Danny Raw, um, yeah, old, and then you know he got his move towards scored goals, but he he he, did, he just he's not been able to do it any higher, and I think this. Some players that just have like a, a limited ceiling. Um but while you're talking about the signing of the of the window for the National League quickly, I was just gonna mention for me it is Freeman at Barnet because I I genu I don't understand how they've pulled that off. Like he was in yeah. he was in a side last year that, that got promoted to the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? Like he, Crazy. he he pl- he played. I think it was what like 15, 16 times in that in that side last year, and now he's in the national league. It's mad. And I said I said this again. We don't want to go too far over in this podcast, but I said uh, on deadline day, I said the the amount of money that is so obviously floating about the national league now is frightening. Crazy. I think we it spoke is about this. Frightening. We spoke about this a couple of months ago about saying, do you have to put money in? To really challenge at the top side of this table, and then to get into, we spoke about this a few weeks. Like, it'd be a month yeah. or two ago, didn't we? But yeah, scary, scary money in the national league, and it's weird. Sometimes you see the men separated from the boys. It's also why I'm being surprised at York's poor season with the money that they've pumped in. But hey ho, yeah. So from exactly. one one married managerial change where form has upturned to to another managerial change where form has upturned and that is for Kevin Phillips coming in to become the Hartlepool United manager a couple of weeks ago what an upturn what an upturn in form what an upturn in play by Hartlepool like I watched the game at the weekend against Bromley, and I had no expectations for us whatsoever. Because when I was at the game at the return fixture at the Vic, Bromley were all over us. Like, all over us. And I thought it was going to happen all over again, mate. So, Andy Woodman knows exactly how to play against us. Yeah. Exactly how to play against us. He's he clearly done his homework. They came out of the traps fast in the first 10 minutes, because most of the, we can think it's something like 10 games this season, Hartlepool have conceded a goal in the first 10 minutes, which is mental. They just seem to sleep for the first 10. And it takes, it, takes you a while to get going. It really does take us a while to get going. And I, I don't know why. They, they just need to be there from the outset, from the first second, bang, go. But Bromley scored in like the eighth minute and I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. And they should have had two or three, maybe in the first 15 minutes. And I was like, this is this is going to be a long game because Mancini was out injured again. Unfortunately, he picked up an injury in training. A big one. I don't think it was a big one. They've just said an injury that he picked up in training. So okay. hopefully he's not out for too long. But I don't think we missed him too much. At all, and that's a huge thing. Like before, when Mancini was out, it's a case of going, "This is going to be tough." But now I'm, I'm not really 
worried. Hartlepool looked solid. They looked organised. And it's probably the most professional display I've seen from a Hartlepool team in a couple of years. It was a really good, a really good display. The two new centre backs at Hartlepool are playing with, uh, with Parks and Waterfall. It's like night and day to to what I've seen for the last two years at the club. So yeah, really happy two one win for Hartlepool and and Hartlepool are very much for me. I, I'm feeling positive. There's a reason I cough at twelve for relegation because I don't think we're going down. I think we're going to make that late push. There's my prediction. I'm saying it now. We're going to make a late push. I'm only smiling, right? Will we make the playoffs? I don't know, but we're definitely going to make a push. I'm only smiling. Look, we'll we'll talk about my my thoughts and feelings about Hartlepool first. But I think this is... So we we just talked about the importance of experience, but also with Hartlepool, you've got the excitement of a young, fresh manager with, you know, new ideas, like new philosophies, fresh philosophies and and you're reaping the rewards and it, you seem to be getting the best out of Manny as well now not not on a reset I mean uh, Des- Desiree. Um, and that that could be vital for you because he is your he is your like talisman isn't he like your your go-to striker really yeah. Um. so so yeah but I, I'm only smiling because I don't Look, there is always one team that could make the playoff, but I will say, I will say, and I will quote, right, because I've got it right here. On Saturday, and this draws into the Oldham fix, which we will touch upon for a minute later on, but on Saturday, five minutes after all the uh, full-time whistles, Grant sent me this, and I quote, he, he sent me, he sent me, we're on your tail, mate. So I sent back saying, good win, congratulations, but let's not get stupid. So this man... Is trying to tell me that he thinks he can chase down a team that are six points clear of them already with two games in hand. If, if this happens, then we don't deserve to be one of the big boys in the National League, if I'm being honest. Hence why, do you want to talk about the little the little deal we've brokered uh, this week, Grant? Yeah, so we've made a wager in the back of this, and I still stand by the fact that we are on your tail. Six points in two games in hand is nothing. Absolutely nothing. I would rather have the points on the board than two games in hand. Yeah, but you say this, but we've got the six points on the board over you. That's fine. You guys can't play the bottom teams. Yeah, that that that. You, you know what? That's absolutely fair. shit the bed at the bottom teams, and you have games <laughs> like you fucking did against Ebbsfleet, like. That we'll talk hurts, about that. Man. We'll talk about that next. Like, <laughs> you have games like that with all your strikers, where you can do fuck all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we put we put a little bet on, and it's surrounding Oldham and and Hartlepool in the playoffs. Now, I could know better than to enter into bets with Oldham fans because last time I entered into a bet with an Oldham fan, I ended up with a fucking bright orange Oldham top with fond up on the back of it. So I've not got a good track record. I've not got a good track record of betting with Oldham fans. But you've put a little caveat in it, and it's surrounding mm-hmm. Hartlepool and Oldham's playoff desires. So let us know your caveat. So I can't remember. I, so the original bet, if I'm not mistaken, is whoever, if... the original was whoever finished is higher. Yeah, so if if we'll finish higher than Oldham, I donate twenty pounds to a charity of your choice, and if Oldham finish above Hartlepool, then you donate twenty to my choice. But yeah. I'm that confident that I've said Oldham have to finish above Hartlepool and make the playoffs because if if we don't if we don't make the playoffs, then I, yeah, that like I just said, you deserve to have my twenty quid, Grant. <laughs> um, That's fair. It's as simple as that. I mean, yeah, like I, I don't want to be arrogant and I don't want to be con- like too cocky because people will be thinking Oldham have been shit over the last two games and and that would be right, that would be fair. But also, 
I, I always I always think no matter who you are, you're gonna go on a little bit of a mini sort of bad spell of form in a season, you know. And this mm-hmm. is our first proper big one for like months and months, really. And and like, I'm not too worried because like like you say, we seem to struggle. It's a mentality thing I've spoken about on here before. We seem to struggle against the teams that we should be beating and then beat all the teams that we're in competition with to get out of the division. So by that reckoning, when it comes to a playoff race, you would hope on paper we'd be okay because we beat six of the seven current uh, playoff playoff holders, uh, placeholders already this season. So I'm not too worried, but we just we just need to we need to pick it up a bit. I think I think I think the problem we've got now is we've got we've been back to the hill this January, made some really good signings, but. Look, I think Melon's done a great job for us, and since he's come in, he's certainly got us, you know, like where we want to be. Considering uh, Mr. David Unsworth left us 14th and 11 points off the playoffs when he left, so there has been there has been a very very good there has been a very very good turnaround. But in the last couple of games, I think I wouldn't say we're being found out, but obviously we so we play with wing backs, uh, Kitchen on the left and Satch Dev on the right, and that's literally the only bit of width we've got with the formation at the minute, and. It's not working, and I've always I've always said if you're gonna have t- a two striker formation, you need traditional out and out wingers up yep. and down them flanks crossing the ball in, and we don't have that at the minute. Obviously, Kitch has got a, a nice little delivery on him, but but some is he, he he is very a little bit sometimes he can be a little bit uh, tentative to get forward because of his defensive views. So yep. we need to change the formation to get people like. Uh, like Devon Green back involved, maybe even pull people in like Ben uh, Ben Tillet in from the cold because I, I know them two names might not be the most popular names with Latics fans, but the one thing that both of them players give you is directness. You know what I mean? They'll run at a man and try and cross a ball in, and it's no good having Andrew Dallas, James Garner, Mikey Fondop, and James Norwood if you don't have the service to him. Big men like that need the service coming in. That's that's the problem we've got. But like, yeah. So I think just maybe a formation change, and I think uh, Mickey's a smart enough and adapt- a more adaptable manager to probably realise that in the last two games. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see on Saturday if he if he does change the formation slightly. But look, I, there's been a lot of meltdown on the old and Twitter in the last week, in the last two games, and I can understand it because the performances have been so. Subpar, but also you have to put things into perspective. Before before the game uh, on Saturday night, we we won our last four away games in the league. You know, we 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 we've been doing really well, and, and we're still in and around yeah. it. And obviously, Oldham should make a playoff place. I'm not disputing that we shouldn't, but considering where we came from three four months ago to where we are now, we're right in and amongst it. And I think that sometimes what what you've got to keep an eye on and not get too emotional about. And obviously, the big thing probably from that game is is Norwood suspected hamstring injury. We don't know the extent of that, but obviously, he went off um, stretching for a ball that he kind of collided with the goalkeeper with. But like I said to you, obviously, losing somebody of James Norwood pedigree for anyone else probably in this division would be catastrophic. Be but we, but we've got we've got five other strikers that you think. You know what? Now it's time to step up. You know, Andrew Dallas has got twenty goals in this division. You know what I mean? Mike Fondop can get Mike Fondop can get goals in this division. Joe Garner can get goals anywhere. So we we've got players that can cover for him. Obviously, it's not ideal, but I I think even if we even if Norwood's out now, say worst case scenario, say he's out all season. I don't think he will be, but say he is, and we don't make the playoffs, that is still a catastrophic failure in my opinion. That's fair. And just to um, clarify. The game finished Ebbsfleet nil, Oldham nil. Yes. And it was the most boring fucking game of football I have ever watched in my life. I think the highlight might have been, well, I don't know whether it's a highlight or a lowlight, but the only talking point of note was the James Darwin injury. That was the only thing that that happened. Got another one. Bondop done another mini run for the cameras, didn't he? Yes. Now, I've seen seen Latix fans and they could have cases. So I love Big Mike, so I'm not going to slander him too much. But he's only ever brought that run out twice, and both the both the games were on camera. So he does it for I the think, camera. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. But what, oh, like he said, knows he's a showboater. 
like I said, with our situation, I think obviously there is a mentality problem there that we need to address. We can't beat the teams that we should be beating. But also, it's not meltdown season at all yet by any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion. Like, you know, I still expect us to get in the playoffs and be, be there come May. So, yeah, it's just one of them. And it's a bit of a mini bad spell at the minute, but I'm sure we've got the quality to get out of it. So, yeah. I'm sure you do. Now, what we're going to do at the moment is cut to a very, very brief advert break. We still have advert breaks here now, so that thing has not changed. Whoever the sponsors are in the adverts and who you're going to hear, I don't know. But we appreciate every single one of them. We'll be back with you in uno momento. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And we're back. Welcome back. Thank you for everyone as i said before for advertising on this podcast so we've got a couple more games that we're wanting to discuss on this one that we that we addressed one of a team that you mentioned this to me before we recorded that you were wanting to talk about about a, a team that you said you think is going to drop off and another one at the very very top end of the table so firstly We'll talk about the Rochdale versus Dagenham game, the Rochdale situation. <laughs> Just going through enough, a, still a tough time, aren't they? It's like a typical first season dropping into the National League Rochdale are having, isn't it? Takeover I coming think... through, takeover talks, takeovers falling through, takeovers falling through, struggling uh, to think... find form, injury, 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 day. Do you think I it's think just a, a, the case of them really adjusting to this league in their first season? It's, it's typical typical first season syndrome times two for Rochdale, I think. Like, like the cards that Jim McNulty is getting dealt with and and has had dealt with this season are staggering, really. And, and like... I, yeah, I feel like you threw me under the bus a little bit, Brown, when you segued this and you was like, now a team that Aaron thinks he's going to drop off and, and people will be thinking, oh, he's an Oldham fan, so he just said that on purpose for the rivalry. <laughs> but no, I've actually got opinion to back it up. So I said on a Rochdale podcast two weeks ago to them that from a journalistic point of view, I don't know what you think, but I said a top 12 finish, so effectively a top half finish, and a stable summer looking to push on to a takeover would be what I would regard as a very successful opening season for Rochdale. Yeah. Now, it might not seem like that for Dale fans at the minute because they've been overachieving, you know, and, and I've said, and I still stand by it at the minute, obviously, we obviously know it'll probably go to Paul Cook, but if I had my way and the awards were now, I'd give Jim McNulty the manager of the season. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Like I think the job he's done with that squad and and how bare that squad is is marvelous. But now I think you're just starting to see, like the fact that the same you know the same eleven players have to play every single game or the same fifteen squad players have to be in the squad every week. You're seeing the sort of fatigue now and and like the run doesn't really get any easier, really, does it? In the next couple of weeks, no. either. That's what worries me. But but I think, like I said, top half finish and a stable. Uh, summer leading to a takeover would be a phenomenal season, first yeah. season for Dale at this level. I think it would be as well, and I think I, what I would really like to see Rochdale do is just have decent finish to the league. Mm-hmm. Not getting into the playoffs wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them. Just having a, a good run, yeah, 
allow them to get some good news coming into the new season, allow them to have some investment and build so they can have a more successful second season. Do I see them yeah. going away and running away and winning the league next season? No. Do I see them getting into the playoffs? Possibly. I think that has to be their aim next season. Is it a possibility that they don't next season? Yes, if things continue the way they are at the moment. I just see them having another stagnant season, which would just be so frustrating for them. Yeah, I, I think the the thing that sort of like would worry me as a Rochester fan is like even even the teams with decent funding and you know your stockports and, and your Chesterfields and maybe even us if we don't do it this year, you're down here for a long time before you find a solution on how to get out, you know. So that, that that's a worry for us all, I think, isn't it? But with Rochdale's situation, I think that gets sort of highlighted even more because you know we've seen the the uh, club statements this season calling for like funding and and saying that the funding might be near the end and, and you know yeah. like the importance for investment and that is a worry for any football club. But I think it's especially a worry because you look at Rochdale and again this this might sound salty, but I'm, I genuinely don't mean it. They they don't have a historically large fan base to build on. No. You know what I mean? They get they get two thousand they may be lucky if they get three thousand gates at home every week. And like that's why you need you need the outside investment because you're not gonna build it organically through a fan base and that's what would worry me as a Rochdale fan right now. Yeah, it's it's where do they find that other investment coming in because they're also fan owned as well, aren't they? The moment yeah. it's yeah. It's a tough time and so many investments or potential investors are just falling by. I mean, we are seeing it just now at Hartlepool as well. Bids coming in, Raj Singh rejecting the bids, owners trust coming in, putting a consortium together, two bids coming through, both getting rejected. And I'm not afraid to say it. Hartlepool and Rochdale are two, for this league, big clubs. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing more and more big clubs come into the league and struggle. And look like they're going to come into the league as well, like based on this season, like Doncaster, you know? Like imagine Don... I know we, we, yeah. we don't want to go into the new season yet, but imagine Doncaster in this division. That's what that, that's what worries me. No, I, I, I feel like I've got to do a bit of a service to my friend uh, Aaron, Aaron right now, Aaron the Doncaster fan. <laughs> but uh, I... Yeah, like you said, there's there's some big clubs in this division and and there's some clubs that won't be afraid to splash the cash as well. And I think that's Could you imagine next season Doncaster Rovers being in the National League? I mean, not when you say it like that, it sounds it just, just sounds so wrong because like, I remember going to I remember, you know, seeing Doncaster bloody in the championship. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's 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 mad, isn't it? It's just mad. But again, it shows you what the lack of funding and a, a little bit of misneglection can do, and you know, and and like fans not being happy at the ownership. I know Aaron's been talking for a while about banners. I don't know this the this situation to the fullest extent at Doncaster, so it'd be unfair for me to comment on it fully. But I know that they're not happy with something because they're having protests and banners and stuff, and it just shows like you can think you have the most comfortable position in the world with your football club, but then. I know it's very cliche to say, but like literally a week is such a long time in football, yeah. you know, anything could happen, couldn't it? Like even at Oldham situation now, just because we've got Frank and, you know, we've got the board, like yeah. we can't, we can't rest on our laurels because something could happen and it could all go kaput. So you've just got to keep switched on and, exactly. and never think, I think the thing I've learned about being in the National League for the last two years is never, and you said it before, never think your club is too big to end up here. Nope. We've seen because it countless times. It, it just isn't. Unless you're like a Manchester City, I think we can rule them out. Like, you're not going to see a Manchester City. Mind yeah, you, with, with, the, with, the, with the pending charges, you might do. But, um... they, could do a, they could do a Juventus <laughs> and just get relegated all the way down to National League North. <laughs> Imagine. Jesus. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a season of fun when they came up and played us, wouldn't it? City versus Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you'd have City versus Hartlepool. And I'd be like, well, fucking hell, let's go to the Etihad for a day out. It'd be amazing. 
Like yeah. 60, 60,000 people at a National League game. It'd break all the National League records, it'd wouldn't it? It'd probably be 60,000 nil as well. I know. <laughs> I think as Pep said, if something happened like that, he'd stay. Yeah. Like, imagine Pep. Just coming in and managing, so you've got you've got Pep in one dugout and you've got Mark White in the other dugout. Like, Box <laughs> Mark White, office. How do you how do you think he's done today? <laughs> Fucking shit, lads! We get pumped ten nil. Like, oh, it'd be that. I would pay to see that interview. See, like, this is what's amazing about being back on uh, Lowly. Look, we can just go on these mad, mad tangents that don't necessarily. Have. We've just brought the Premier League. Treble champions into the National League podcast. Can you get that anywhere else? I don't think you can. Nah, I don't think you can. But I mean, that comes off the back of talking about a a potential reality of of Doncaster Rovers. I'm changing, we just changed to League One apparently. That's because Liam's jumped into the studio. But as it's talking about the the real possibility of, of Doncaster Rovers coming into the National League next season, which would be fucking insane like absolutely yeah. insane and I think they would have a culture shock it's like you said never think you're too big for this league they would have a right culture shock coming down and I think they would struggle in their first season they would think that they were going to bounce back straight back up Absolutely. we yeah. thought when we came down that we were going to bounce back straight back up and mm-hmm. piss the league and we called it a tin pot league and ah, we're going to walk it, you've done the exact same, the only team that's done it is Grimsby. Grimsby uh, came um, down and straight back up. Yeah. In recent years. Yeah. I think I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's like also people that don't follow the National League, they think it's because it's got non-league attached to it, they think it's non-league standard, but the 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 standard of this division is progressing and getting better and better season upon season. At some point, we're going to, and again, it's probably for a different podcast. We could probably do a whole podcast on it. But I'm a big believer in at some point that this has got to become EFL's official Division 5. Do you know what? I would love to see it be become League 3. But there's got to be, there need to be a complete negotiation to, to buy some of the clubs or buy the rights to this because it's two totally different ownerships. Because you've got the EFL has your Championship League One and League Two, then yeah. your National League covers your National League, National League North and South. So there yeah, needs to be a fun. restructure to to North and South to allow for that. I, I don't know. I think that is something we'll probably need to look at a bit more, maybe discuss next week how you would how you would look to structure the leagues in the league system if you were wanting to bring in an EFL League Three. But there's certainly an argument there for the quality that's in this league still. You've seen it from the teams that have went up and have made an instant impact or a very big impact in the leagues above. You look at Stockport, you look at Wrexham, you look at Notts County in the last two, the last couple of seasons, just to name a few. Yeah, and like it's like this season, I know it's a a bit of a tangent because it's a level playing field or people say it's a bit more of a level, but you've seen more sort of non-league, national leagues had to have more sort of longer successful FA Cup runs as well in previous years and this year as well you know look at, uh, look at Maidstone Maidstone yeah that's what I mean it's it's just I think the quality of the English pyramid altogether is getting stronger and stronger upon years but like I said that's probably a podcast for another night and, and we could talk about that just in general that'd be quite good to do in the future I guess I, I think we I think we look at that and for next week we talk about how we would want to structure League 3. So yes. that is your homework for next week. I want you to have a nice structure to what, how many teams you would look into it, what we'd look at from a promotion and relegation side of things, and, and we can go into that in a bit more detail next week. Challenge, challenge accepted. Yes. Challenge accepted, Darren. Excellent. That's right. It. Promotion. We're going to have to talk about them. We're going to have to talk Chesterfield. I mean, the league's wrapped up, isn't it? I mean, there's wrapping the league up and then there's doing what Chesterfield did. I think I think they're just pissing on all of us at the minute. <laughs> like, like it's just it's just mad. And, and like, 
there's uh, I've never ever been jealous of another football club before in my life, really. But I'm jealous of that Chesterfield side. I think I think it's a bit more of a harder pill to swallow for me. In the fact of you look at the the preseason uh, odds and Oldham, it was Oldham and Chesterfield neck and neck according to the bookmakers. And I believe we would have had a better chance to um to catch them if we didn't give David Unsworth the dinosaur uh, 14 games of the season. You know what I mean? Um, so, but listen, like I, I we had a discussion, and I'm, I'm curious to see if you can agree or if you, you can think of any other teams that might run them close. But in my very sort of limited time of watching the National League in the last maybe three, four years, I think Chesterfield go down as probably the this Chesterfield side go down as the greatest team ever to be in the National League. I think in some ways as well, I think obviously you had the magical, you know, title race last year with not scouting Rex and I think I think that tells its own story. But I'm talking about I've not known a team to just dominate the way Chesterfield are dominating and and like have the mentality of like I see Chesterfield go one nil down and I know when I'm next gonna check my phone. They're gonna be three one four one up. You know what I mean? It's so, I don't know. They're just mentality monsters, aren't they? So my question to counter that is are they the best team to grace the National League? Or is the National League a little bit poorer this season? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I feel like the this National League is very open though. It's like we've seen anyone can beat anyone. Uh, but if we say anyone can beat anyone. But then anyone can't beat Chesterfield, so that's that's the discrepancy, I think. It's when you look at it, you had last season, you had two teams that got more than one hundred points. Yeah. You're not going to see any other team get close to hundred points this season. No, like, but I just think tight you're looking here from second. Well, second and third, there's nothing between Bromley and Barnet. But then fourth down to eleven. See, I'm cutting down eleventh again there. <laughs> there's, there's only nine points between them. I just think in terms of sheer dominance, they might be in their own little category because, uh, and this is absolutely staggering to say, but they are what? So what? Even they are nineteen points clear with two games in hand. Have you, have you ever said that about any league before, it's, ever? It's been like, I've not seen that you know, for a long, long It's time. mad. And actually, actually, this is where I've been probably a bit stupid and a bit brave and, again, gamble responsibly. But about halfway through this season, I put a bet on in the bookmakers because you can't do it on Sky Bet that. I think Chesterfield will, will go back to back. I think they'll win League 2 as well. There's a call. There's a call right now. I've said that the last couple of seasons. I said I thought Stockport would go back to back. They hadn't. I said I thought Wrexham would go back to back. Looking unlikely that they're going to go back to back. But yeah, it's a big, it's a big call. I'll remember that call, and we'll see what happens. But I think they only need to win eight more games. Yeah, that's I'm... the league done. I don't think it will be eight. I think I they wrap it up in five. I swear, if the little gloaty swines win it at Boundary Park, I swear on my life, I will tip myself out of my wheelchair. You best believe it. They're like, don't speak to me. Do you want? Do you understand? Anywhere. Well, if, if they're three 0 up, you're going to get the game match abandoned due to a medical emergency. Mate, if they're three 0 up, I'll be back at home. Let me tell you. <laughs> I think you'll be in the back of an ambulance calling for a medical emergency to abandon the match. It's like, stop, there's a guy with cerebral palsy just lying down. <laughs> and that's it, done. Like, we don't know what's going on. He can't get back into his wheelchair because the wheels have fell off. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just like start making dinosaur season. noises. <laughs> and that's, that's you done. Oh, God. But, yeah. That's... No, but the, the thing is, Chesterfield fans, the one thing you can get over me is I'm I'm only saying all this because of how severely jealous I am of you. Like this is what I wanted Oldham to be this year. This is what I thought in June of, of last year. I thought Oldham were gonna be this year. And we're just not. And I think I think that like the good thing is 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 like you say that there hasn't had to be 
So Chesterfield have always have always been in their own sort of league, but then like you can still be sort of shit and be in the playoff places because of how inconsistently bad the rest of the division is. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I, but again, the prospect of potentially playing them again next year absolutely frightens me. I just don't, I don't want them in the league next year. But then, yeah, in fact, fuck it, Doncaster can come down. They'll struggle. Get Forest Green down as well. Do you That's know what? what I, don't want, I don't want Forest Green down. That's what all. you get for not eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> I don't want Forest Green down here at all. Because they will be an absolute thorn. They know what this league's like. They'll recruit to go back up. They've got to do something at some point. I'm surprised he didn't recruit as heavily. I am, um, but they had an absolute shitstorm with Troy Deeney. I um, yeah. it's just been so messy for them, and I don't think they'll get it wrong again next season if they come down. I think they would be a tough team next season in this league because they know it, but they've escaped it before, and I think they can do it again. But yeah. Doncaster and Forest Green. Is that... Oh no, no! I can't wait. I can't wait to see uh, Charles match their blogs next year from when he goes to like uh, older shot away. From, from away. Can you Talk imagine lower lower league look match day vlogs with Aaron Chaloner at Kings Lynn? <laughs> 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 That's 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 my normal opening. I was like, you don't really know what it's like to come down to the National League until you're away at Kings Lynn first game of the season and get decked five nil. Like <laughs> that's when you know that shit gets real when you get relegated and that happens to you. It's uh, it's it's an experience. Very sobering. It is very very sobering. <laughs> anyway, have you got anything else to add for this one, Aaron? Just, uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, the one thing I will say is, is I thought, I know it's still early doors, but I thought with South Ends, you know, take uh, embargo being lifted and with them signing players, I thought they were going to make a late charge. But I guess the problem that you're seeing with them at the minute is they've signed these players, they've not probably not had adequate time to gel yet, and, then, you know, the results are starting to slow down uh, I, I don't know whether well I I I put I put pretty much uh, my chest on the line and say I don't think Southend will get a playoff place this season. But also I think if we're talking about the big teams coming down, I think I think if you don't do it this year, you have to put Southend in the conversation for having a very very positive big year next year. Do you agree? I I wholeheartedly agree. I think Southend will have a good summer. I think they'll recruit well. They've got money behind them now. There's no embargo. I think they're they are a team to watch next season by a country mile. They're, they're going to be they're going to have a good season next season. Again, I said that about York this season, so not much to add. So, so, so when we're here next year and uh and Southend are in the relegation zone, basically Southend fans come for Grant. His his Twitter handle is the real. Grant Scott Johnson on Twitter. Yeah. The real GSJ come for me. Docking fans already come for me anyway, so it's fine. You guys can you guys can join the party. I'm still not. I'm still getting likes on these docking posts. By the way, from docking fans going, "No, you don't know what you're talking about." I only asked a question saying, "Should Mark White bring and in a manager?" Is, the thing is, I think to any other fan base, like. <laughs> That's the problem in it. To any other fan base, like, it's a more than bodied question. Yeah. But to Dawkins, to the way things Dawkins do things, I can understand why it went down like a take it, lead balloon a little bit. Honestly, take it so fucking personally to the point where the actual Dawking Twitter account was liking posts calling me a fucking idiot. <laughs> I think Mark White must run that as well. You're not going to be on Matt White's Christmas card list next year, right? No, definitely not. No, a guy, a guy did say, look, I think you should come down to Dorking. Come down to Dorking, match. Come, come into down the to Dorking and get filled in. No, 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 he didn't want, he didn't want to get filled in. He goes, I genuinely want you to come to a match, sit in the Dorking end, and just see what the experience is like. Feel the atmosphere at the club. Get the feel of it. Get the love for Mark White. And, and the whole situation here is a, and I, I get that it's a club like no other Dorkin. and 
yeah, they're a special club from where they've come, and they've come from nothing. Mark White's built this from the ground up, and there's so much respect for him for that. But what I, what I'm trying to say is there has there's everyone has a ceiling for where you can take a club as a manager. Yeah, I wasn't saying he needs to get the fuck out of the club. Like I seen a couple of tweets saying white out. I was like, hmm, it's a valid question to ask. Does he stay as a chairman, but just bring in an experienced manager? See if he'd have brought in Phil Brown. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Job done. But that's enough of my dorking rant. I'm going to get more hate now, so here's Aaron. That was a good one. That was a good one. Anyway, should we wrap things up? Yes. I think we should. We're almost at the Almost at the hour mark for this one. I've had a lot of fun. It's good fun being back on the original brand. I love it. Have you enjoyed your first lower league yes. look outing? Yes. So obviously it's my my first ever time uh, with lower league look, but I I have enjoyed it very much, and I'm excited to uh, have some sort of a bit more of. I don't know what the word is, creative license, creative freedom going forward, because I don't know what... I, in fact, should we touch upon the new National League podcast that will be hitting ears very soon? I was going to I was gonna bring that in in my sign-out, Aaron. Oh, I'm already one step ahead. Do you you're want me you're to already take... one step ahead. Yeah, so on you go. You take, take it away, it away. Then, I'll, then I will sign us out once you've taken that away for our new National League podcast. So basically... What is happening? We're gonna have two a podcast for the National League. So me and Grant are staying where we are. Don't worry, you're not you don't get rid of me that easily. I'm staying here, I'm here to stay. But also, um recorded on a Thursday, put out on a Friday, I believe. We're bringing yeah. a National League preview show um to your ears where me and my co-host Lauren, who is a Stockport County fan, so it'll be interesting because she she wants to learn about the National League because she, she didn't see much of Stockport when they were in the National League. She wants to learn about the National League. So it's my job to to educate her. So she's probably going to be in for a ride with that. Um, but yeah, so basically it's this sort of very similar format, but we're going to preview the games and talk about like the, the sort of uh, key results to watch, the key players to watch, key battles on the pitch of a weekend to keep an eye on. And I've got some some quite interesting segments I'm going to bring up um, in this new podcast. So we're very excited for you to hear it. And yeah, I can't wait to get going with that. Um, and like I said, I thank uh, Lower League Luck for the opportunity to let me come straight in and put like full trust and faith in me of doing what I do best. And I'm running something new, so I'm very excited, yeah. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. So we're looking forward to getting that launched coming out on a Friday, as Aaron says. Don't forget as well, if you've listened to us, go and listen to all the other podcasts that's brought out on our channel. They've all been recorded tonight, all been released tonight, tomorrow, at some point or another. You will see it. Go and give all of our socials a follow. Go follow our TikTok, follow our Twitter pages, lower league look, non-league look. It's a hell of a lot of fun. It's going to be a good journey. Go on our YouTube page, smash the subscribe button, hit the little bell to get notified when our videos go up as well and when we go live for our breakdown show, whenever we may be doing that, Thursdays usually. Everyone, have a lot of fun. Have a great day. Have a good night's sleep if this has been what's putting you to sleep. Like I said at the start of the show, I'm really excited to say this last bit. Guys, thank you very much. We have been the Lower League Look. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 